0: Muogs at your cervix is an obstetrics and gynecology podcast series brought to you by Melbourne University Obstetrics and Gynecology Society. It's created by medical students, for medical students, and anybody interested in women's health. Each episode, we take on and unpack a different topic within the world of ONG with experts in the field. Today we'll be chatting to Lisa, an experienced pediatric nurse and midwife who will walk us through how to best empower and support couples through labour, as well as give us some insight into the world of hypnobirthing. Lisa works in a busy inner-city maternity birth suite and also has her own childbirth education slash hypnobirthing business called Breathe and Birth. Whilst not working, Lisa is also flat out at home with four young kids of her own. Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us on the podcast.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: So to start, how do you prepare a woman for birth?
1: So education is the key here. So I guess women coming into labour, there's a fear of the unknown. So reducing fear will in turn then reduce tension in the body as well. So talking to women and their and their partners about what's happening in the body during labour and, and why they're feeling those sensations, what's actually happening to understand and taking it back to the normal of, um, and the basics birth. So get them to tap into their instinctual abilities as much as they can, um, rather than relying on outside influences to help them to birth their baby. Talking about options and choices and also the pros and cons of those choices. So if we're talking about different types of pain relief, maybe when's a good time to have them um, and when maybe not so much and why is that? Um, So giving them a little bit of guidance around that as well is really important. Talking about um, the pain in labour as being not a pathological pain, but rather a functional pain. So the only pain you get in life that's a, um, a functional pain, I guess, rather than pathological. So that's really important as well. But um, I think if women are educated prior to going in, it makes their labour and um, birth a whole lot more positive um, because they're not so scared.
0: Absolutely. Um, and you discuss in your website the, the toolkit for birth. Um, mm. Can you talk us through a little bit um, about what that is?
1: Yeah, so just different tools and techniques that will support you and and your body going through labor, I guess. Um, so breathing techniques, so really honing in on a regular and slow pattern of breathing to get through that contraction, um, to oxygenate the body. So then we recruit. I'm re, um, sorry, reduce the adrenaline, um, and then that helps the body not not to panic. So breathing's a really really important tool. Um, Different positions to encourage head descent um, down the pelvis is really important as well. So that's some of our um, tools that we use. And mindset, so how you come into labour and birth matters, and this is where the preparation is the key. So the mindset heading in is also what's going to get you through labour. Getting your partner involved, so it's a real team effort, I guess, in labour, and so that could be something as simple as having a nice cuddle or holding hands or just being there as being supportive. So they're the tools that we talk about. Um, to help with labour.
0: And you mentioned um, that these tools are part of the support process. Mm. How do you as a midwife um, best support a woman through the process of labour?
1: So it's really easy, I guess, that answer for me. Um, When you love what you do, it's an incredible privilege to be with um, women in labour. So um, I think it's really easy. So I think first and foremost is listening to the woman. So listening about what like what does she want and what is she asking of you? Um, and then offering suggestions if required. Encouragement's another thing. So always encourage a labouring woman. Um, we often in Labour get the I can't do this. Um, and the response from us is um, you're already doing it. And or maybe it might be I'm scared. And the answer from us is, we're right with you. Okay. So riding that journey with that woman. So being there, and that's our role, I guess, is to be there with the woman um setting up their environment's huge as well i think um i'm I'm massive on setting up an environment to promote those normal labor hormones so dim lighting nice and quiet in the room um the less people the better just so i I think a a huge word in um labor and birth rooms is to not feel observed is a massive part of the labor process uh maybe some background music and then oils of choice if they want to set their room up with a nice oil so it makes that um, I guess, that environment for them. Being with the woman. So w- how do we know how lo- labor's progressing if we're not with the woman? Okay, so people often get um, caught out in, in, in uh, looking after a woman in and out. It doesn't work like that. We need to be by their side and watch the changes. Um, and that way we can pick up so many different things about how that labor's progressing rather than having to do invasive procedures to see. We can get a lot from just watching a woman labour. Um, not, not trying to save them from that labour pain, I guess, is the other thing too. Um, we're not there to save the person, but we're there to support and encourage is another thing as well. And that's what we're encouraging partners to do as well. Um, and a big one for me is really getting that woman to rest their mind in between contractions. So it's all very well to say breathe through a contraction and that's how you get through. But I'm a big fan of um, really looking after that stage in between the contractions so we have downtime. Otherwise, we feel like we're constantly contracting and we're never getting a rest, but that's not true. So we're maybe holding tension from a previous contraction or we're anticipating what the next one will be like. So really important to be in the moment and get them to relax their mind and body in that time um, so their body can recuperate before uh, the next contraction Things also like um, encouraging the, the lady to do regular toilet trips because we know that an empty bladder promotes um, a better descent through the pelvis as well. So that's an important thing. And simple things that, that seem simple but are amazing when you're actually in that um, experience is icy cold face washes to the forehead, chest or the back of the neck if they want them. Um, applying some lip balm because we often feel very dry when we're in labour and offering sips of fluids regularly as well uh, a big for um, labour as well. So that's what I like to do. Um, Everyone's a little bit different, I guess, but it's really about listening to what that person wants and everyone's birth um, preferences, I guess, are very individual. So we can't assume that we treat everyone the same because everyone's got their own little story that they want to retell.
0: Absolutely. And that's so interesting. And this sort of leads me on a little bit to the next question, because as medical students, we um, we often follow the obstetricians and gynecologists, mm. um, which, you know, when things going well, that involves not being in the room very much, which is great mm. for the woman. Um, but I think it often does leave uh, medical students wondering what, what you think that the medical staff could do better or improve on when it comes to the supporting process of a woman through labour.
1: I think having the chats early on um, or mid-pregnancy, I guess, about what they're kind of wanting from their birth experience rather than just... Um, you know, not engaging the conversation, letting them do their own research. So have that conversation about what are your thoughts about labour and um, uh, what are your fears or reservations and what are you looking for? Um, how are you feeling about it? Um, and then I guess the communication the whole way through. So when the labour day comes, um, encouraging and saying that you're doing a great job uh, always and getting down at her level and speaking rather mm-hmm. than speaking over the top or from a distance, like get get next to her and, and talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, encouraging these women does wonders for them um, and they're very open to encouragement and positive vibes as well. So bringing that with you when you come in the room, having confidence in the process and in the woman and guide her with ideas if, if needed. But um, if all's well, just let her do her thing. Just, just come in and out um, mm-hmm. and watch what's happening and um, allow the midwives to be your eyes and ears um, and otherwise let the process be, I think. And remembering that um, I spoke just quickly before about individual care, so not each pregnancy and each labour is the same. So individualising the care for each woman rather than grouping them all in the one I think is really important too.
0: And you mentioned um, encouragement goes a long Mm. way and is Mm. really important for these women. You've also talked about the language for empowered birthing. Um, And can you tell me a bit more about what you mean when you talk about that?
1: Mm. So I guess keeping everything on a positive note. So being positive around her and showing confidence in her. So you've got the instinctual abilities to birth a baby. So let's help her with that then um, and really hone in on the fact that she has those abilities. Don't uh, focus on her pain and pity her, but rather on how well she's doing. So it's really good to have that conversation at the start of the labour, I guess, or in the antenatal period about what um, that labour process looks like to you and, and, and would you think about any certain pain relief? Um, and so then we know that the woman's educated enough to say, I-, I'm, I need help now, I'm going to put my hand up and I need some help. But other than that, we let them do the talking, we let them lead that process. I think that's really important. And avoid um, one big thing um, I've, I've found as I've been a midwife now for 10 years is really avoid your only. So if you're doing a, a vaginal examination, for example, we often use the word "only," so we might say, "You're only three centimeters," so that mm-hmm. that doesn't help the mindset, um, and it's not helpful to that laboring woman. So, focus on the positives then, like you know, it's full of your face, and it's nice and short, and it's really soft. You're doing an amazing job, rather than "you're only," because that's all we hear is "only," and that can really turn labour as well. So I guess just entering that room nice and positive, nice and calm and with confidence, I guess, in her and in your own abilities too, which will rub off.
0: Uh, and Lisa, you're also a uh... Um, hypnobirthing practitioner Mm. Um, and uh, hypnobirthing is something that we hear mentioned as one of sort of an alternative labour technique but I think it's um, that the opportunity is to to see a woman engaging in hypnobirthing as a medical student at least um, and especially within sort of the public health sphere a few and far between so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, your work in hypnobirthing and um, and how you sort of guide uh, couples that might choose to pursue that
1: yeah, it's um, hypnobirthing's, I guess, got the name of it's all a, a little bit hippie and a little bit um, a natural birth and no drugs, and it's definitely not about that. So it's about education for a positive and an empowering experience. So not set, we don't set you up to fail because no one fails childbirth. No one has ever failed childbirth. So we know that knowledge is power and knowledge opens up choice. If we don't have knowledge behind us, how do we make choices because we don't know where to go? So you don't know what you don't know. So that's a really important thing. So their knowledge is a really massive tool. Um, We also then talk about tools to use in labour, like I spoke about before. So we'll talk about breathing techniques, really important. Um, We'll talk about visualisations. If people are a bit more visual, they might have some um, affirmations around up on the wall that might then when they're um, struggling a little bit, they might look up and see that affirmation. That could help them to get through the next contraction. We talk a lot about relaxation and getting into a self-hypnotic state. So we're not hypnotising people, but we're um, teaching them how to get into a deep, relaxed state. Um, and also senses, so maybe some light touch massage or some, um, hold, you know, hand-holding or some shoulder squeezes, some, maybe some acupressure in the back, different things like that. Support, so making sure these women feel safe is a really important thing. We're not going to labour well if we feel unsafe. So um, lots of encouragement, like we said, and then partner. So whoever's coming with that woman in labour, let's get that partner involved and um, really teach them about what labour is as well. So they're very much part of the process. Uh, if they understand, then that brings less stress to the room as well. Um, and then it can work well with a, a big team around understanding what the body's doing and then knowing how to support that that woman through labour. And then, I guess, preparation for mind and body. So staying nice and fit, eating healthy food, keeping hydrated and thinking positive and getting excited when you're looking forward to meeting your baby rather than fearful and, and um, dreading that day. So that's what we do in hypnobirthing and we find it's really successful because um, it's not about, um, it, you know, it's kind of what the woman wants and it doesn't always turn out the way they want, but it's, it's really in, important that they're respected and that they're um, given choice in that process as well. So we talk a lot about that. And we know that intervention is sometimes required and, and sometimes intervention saves, you know, that baby and that woman from um, a bad outcome. But uh, when we talk about normality, we talk about trusting that process and trusting in your body. So it's a really great great tool to have.
0: Um, and sort of on that note, in terms of when things don't go as planned or as, as hoped, because obviously nothing can quite go as planned yeah. when it comes to birth, but people do have goals and, and aims, when... Um, When labour's not looking like it's going to happen exactly as a woman and her partner imagined, how do you go about counselling that couple in such a um, sort of uh, intense emotional environment like you'd expect during labour?
1: Yeah, to be honest, I find the people that I do hypnobirthing with are a lot more accepting of outcomes. So when I get second timers come, sometimes you have to unravel a little bit of the first time, what happened, what could we have done differently um, and things like that. But, but I guess then it's, it's past and it is what it is. But when people come the first time, I find that they're, they're very accepting. So we talk a lot about birth preferences and not birth plans because we know that birth plan, if they don't go to plan, we feel like we are failed. So we talk about preferences and having things that you would prefer to have if it's going this way or if it went this way, this is what I would like. We also encourage um, that, that um, togetherness with your support person so you're in it together, but also those breathing techniques when things change, asking questions. What are the benefits of what you're suggesting? What are the risks? Um, are there any alternatives? What is your instinct telling you and what happens if we do nothing? So there's a good technique that we use to help those um, couples make decision and make choice. Um, and then that way they know that they've tried different things or ask questions to try different avenues before getting the birth that they end up with, and they're mm-hmm. a lot more accepting of it. And then that way when they've got their baby, they can then postnatally bond with their baby. They're not still trying to understand what happened back in that birth process. So I do find that uh, hypnobirthing couples are a lot more accepting because they go in not... Um, not with a birth plan but a preference and feel like they've been respected and they have choices and knowledge behind them.
0: That's so fascinating. Mm. (laughs) Um, And finally, I'm sure you've seen medical students roaming the birth suite in your time working Mm. as a midwife. Um, Do you have any advice for medical students who might find themselves on their first um, birth suite shift and how can they make themselves um, useful both for the the birthing women and and for their own education purposes
1: yeah that's that's a really great question so I work with some of the most incredible obstetricians who are not only I guess beautiful humans but are greatly skilled as well so definitely a time when a woman needs um, an obstetrician and and will definitely call but um, when and we d- definitely need your skills I guess but if all is going normal be happy and proud to just be the catcher I guess is a <laughs> is a really good thing um, and. Be with the woman too. So learn about what labour looks like rather than um, relying on all, always your, um, I guess, those those vaginal examinations and things like that to tell you what's happening. So watch the woman. So I guess watch the magic and be part of the team. Don't don't be invasive, but um, this is their experience and not ours. So be around. And if you have questions uh, from the midwife or maybe the couple about their experience, maybe wait until you're outside the room or wait until they're... Um, their kind of birth story is done uh, and get the information that way as to not to disturb them in their I guess in their little zone and learn Mm -hmm. from different practices of midwives as well as doctors and take the best parts of parts of each and bring them to your own practice Um, and always remember what those situations made you feel like um, and maybe that's how that that person could have felt like as well so really using your own kind of feelings as well. And be respectful of their birth space, I guess, is a real key. So be nice and quiet, nice and calm, really supportive towards that woman and, and confident in your own practice as well. Um, and be keen to learn. And don't just, I guess, come in and out of the room as much as you can. I know you've got, um, you know, doctor's rooms you need to attend and you might need to go for a cesarean section or things with other people. But as much as you can, the early labour and the active labour is much is a really good thing to see. Not only the birth of the baby, yeah. So that's my advice to medical students, <laughs> and we love having you.
0: <laughs> oh well, I'm very glad to mm-hmm. hear that. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. That was absolutely fascinating, and so good to to hear your wisdom. Um and your experience uh, working as a midwife and as, as a hypnobirther. And that's something that I've always been curious about. And I'm so glad that I, I finally can understand a little bit more. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for your time and your expertise.
1: No worries. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. For more on women's health related events, infographics, and podcast episodes, don't hesitate to have a look at our MUOG's Facebook page. We'll be back in your ear soon with another jam-packed episode.